0: Welcome to What the Fish, a podcast where the fish guys at the Field Museum in Chicago talk about marine life, new and crazy species, natural history news, and fish. Who are the fish guys? We have Dr. Leo Smith, head of fishes and a great admirer of the acting talents of Patrick Stewart. Hello, everybody. Dr. Matt Davis, a postdoc, and one who loves Miss Gina Davis. Hello. And Dr. Eric Algren, consultant for fishes and president of the Keanu Reeves Fan Club. Whoa. And I am Beth Sansenbacher, your fearless host and the number one fan of Mr. Rob Schneider. So, this time we are going to talk about bioluminescence, which is one of my favorite topics and which is not a new type of eco friendly light bulb.
1: Can be. No, not yet. Yeah, give us time.
0: Yet it is not yet. Patent that. Patent yeah. that. We
1: can, patent it. we can make a bulb and fill it with bacteria. Right? That would be like, awesome. Or fireflies. Yeah, or fire You could make like one of those shrimp shrimp balls.
0: You'd have to... Shrimp, shrimp <laughs> plant
1: balls, those things that are all in
2: seal, sealed up. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You could get just the right things going in there. You would need oh,
0: a lot of oxygen. You'd have to oxygenate it. Like There'd have to be some parts
1: Somebody's going to listen to this and steal this idea and like, make millions of dollars.
0: I mean, if you if you chucked it full of bacteria, you'd have to have food and you'd have to have, like... No, bacteria make their own
1: food. Yeah, they'll just make oh, it, and they'll right. make the light.
0: But you need to oxygenate it. You, you, you can't, but it's like the ocean. You go in the ocean, <laughs> tropical waters yeah, at night, you need to oxygenate the water. I almost hit poor Eric in the face with my swooshing sound. But, you know, if you go bacteria in the water can and can you stir anything. it up, They can handle
1: true. my colon, they can handle my colon. <laughs>
3: Episode three, Handle My Cold.
0: Oh, I love it. (laughs) Why, it's true, it's science. It is science. All right, Um, so bioluminescence, what is
2: bioluminescence? When life produces light, something that's alive produces light. Yeah. It's that simple.
1: It can do it either through chemicals or it can actually do it through symbiosis with, with the bacteria like we were just talking about. Right. But in that case, the bacteria would be the life. Yeah, light. the bacteria, the life that are producing the chemicals. Right,
0: so it's but, either doing it itself or it's yeah. housing something that does the, it for that's it. That's
1: doing it for it, but so, it's something gotcha. biological. A firefly. creating the light. A firefly. It's bioluminescence. It
3: has
0: that's a right. bacteria, though, that does it, correct? Or does the firefly do it itself?
2: firefly does it itself. Yeah, that's based on okay.
1: chemicals. That okay. it
2: stole from, presumably stole from a bacteria, though. Yeah. It's gotcha. probably a gene, the series of genes... There's almost, it's inconceivable that a series of genes didn't go into the firefly.
1: Right.
0: So when we think of of fish and bioluminescence, I think the first thing that I think of is the anglerfish looking all angry with that little lure
2: yeah, the in the front of them that's the, lit up. That, so that's the one that's got it like in, there's a mutant version of a bunch of different fish in Finding Nemo, but the part that everyone relates to is the light organ that's a little ball that's off of it hanging off of its dorsal fin or its shark fin. Yeah,
3: Albert Brooks and uh, and uh, what's her face, uh, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, do a nice little bit
2: about the uh, being attracted. Ooh, i want to get you, you little cute little. Light. Yeah, so they so they do that. The thing that's to me that as a fish person, what I love about bioluminescence is that is they are, fish are the only bioluminescent vertebrates. Really? Yeah, and not only that, only saltwater fish, only really? ocean fish, no freshwater fish.
0: Why not? Why not? Freshwater.
2: About my gut reaction? Yes. <laughs> Because you need the bacteria. <laughs> you, don't want, <laughs> you don't want his gut reaction. You're going to be sorry you've those, got those, those smell receptors. I think it's because they need the bacteria, and the bacteria, for the most part, are saltwater ocean-dwelling bacteria. Interesting. Vibrio and mm-hmm. photobacteria. Vibrio causes cholera. So all the fish that have the bioluminescent bacteria have a, there's a few different species they can pick up but they pick up whatever they just they expel it every day and suck it back in they don't pass it on to their children this isn't it's not a symbiosis like that they're just literally flushing their light organ every day from the water same with the squids and everything else oh, weird so if I, if I catch a pony fish off the coast of Madagascar and its bacteria will be different, it will be the same as the other ponyfishes on average around Madagascar are not the same as that same species in Taiwan.
0: That's weird because you would think there would be some sort of symbiotic beneficial relationship like the bacteria get a nice place to live, fish get the light, everybody's happy. Everybody
2: is happy. but they're they're the And the thing is that there's so many things that do this that everybody's happy, not just like ponyfish. This isn't a case where you have a very specific host. And so fish use this for all sorts of different reasons. These bacteria fluoresce by themselves? Yeah. You can, they have to, you have to get a certain density of them. So it's, I think it's called quorum sensing or something like that, mm-hmm. um, where they group together, and once you get enough of them, they start to glow. So they don't, won't do it you know, if you only have a little tiny population of them. Mm-hmm. And so when we were in Madagascar where we were collecting these things, we could shove the a Q-tip basically into their light organ, rub it over into like a, a vibrio playpen, and then they would grow up in like a little test tube full of whatever they live off of agar and jelly and whatever else is all in there <laughs> and then after a couple of days all of a sudden you look into there and it's like it starts glowing and then
1: so the fish he's referring to right now are pony fishes specifically right that's what you're talking about yeah but like you could do that swab. with anything we could do i've done
2: the swabs off of a grenadier as well okay so
0: so how does how does bioluminescence work like so how does the bacteria or the chemicals how does it actually what actually happens
2: yeah. yeah, I don't know what's actually going on. So there's a luciferin and a luciferase, uh-huh. and the, you Those basically are enzymes. Enzymes oh. that basically come together to produce the ace the light.
0: means enzyme. I remember that.
2: The problem is you can't turn the bacteria off. It's not like the bacteria have an on/off switch. They start glowing. They get this
1: quorum sensing behavior, and they're on. They're just light, mm. lit so they have all the to time. Figure out ways to and keep that light on. useful in a way that you actually want to use it, right? Or use it because they they'll go.
0: The bacteria will keep glowing until the enzyme runs out.
1: They'll just well. They It's like that. It
0: lives. To, it
2: lives to light that stuff up. That's
0: right. So it basically keeps glowing till it dies.
2: Or you get rid of. Or you or expel you get it. Rid of it.
0: Right. No. Yes. But like until it's
2: or, not or their there. density drops below quorum sensing levels. Right.
0: But yeah, there's not like a. I can make less of it. I'm a bacteria now. I'm going to make more of it. Now I'm going
2: to make. No. Right. Of it. No. It's just, it's going. And so the trick of fish at least has to do has to come up with like a shuttering system. Mm. So some fish like flashlight fish actually have like a kind of like your blinds at home. The light organ will be lit. They'll pull this shade down or shade up, and they'll block it off. The same family of fish will actually have other ones where the the light organ will just, they'll turn it 180 degrees so it's facing the fish instead of facing out. They do all sorts of unbelievable things to try and control this system. Mm. And I think that, you know, back to the coin of the bacteria, part of the reason that the quorum sensing is required is it's hard to imagine that these bacteria would get in such high densities in the absence of a host.
0: So, like these bacteria, like I understand, they only they only uh, start this reaction when there's a lot of them together, yeah. and and naturally, there's never that many of them together.
2: Well, not like you know, floating in the water. I mean, they...
0: not on like you know, for any reason to help this bacteria through its life cycle or anything like that.
1: Right, right. Well, the question is like, do they pick like do some of these fish pick these up because they were initially in a colony where they were glowing?
0: Yeah, that's like the weird thing. Like, so what came what came first? Kind of, we're kind of in this chicken in the egg kind of way, and like, well, it wasn't fish.
1: It wasn't. Yeah, it, wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't the fish, no.
0: No, but did like did it just happen randomly, like the fish? You know, did it say? You know, was this something well, for more? Example, the
1: pony fish, it... they hold the bacteria in a specific pouch, which is an outpouching of the esophagus. Right. Which is not unsurprising, given that those fish already have bacteria in you know within their stomach linings and things. Like it's that that tissue and that system is capable of handling large amounts of bacteria, so it's not surprising. Just like Matt's colon. Just like our colon, or your colon, or <laughs> all. <of our laughs> that's right. We have trillions of bacteria in all of our intestinal well, systems. Yeah, I mean, let's think.
0: The fish isn't going to go out and be like, "Hey, that's glowing. That'd be helpful." Like, that's not how. No, it's not how it works. Evolution works. works. No, like, it it's, just no it's not.
1: So, but that means that they're they're picking something up from. They're picking these bacteria up from their environment, and then they're getting stored in these pouches. These bacteria are are making these pouches their home. Right. Right. And so then that's how the system is working. Right. And there's a lot of
2: fish. That are bioluminescent, but they basically glow along the bottom. The reason you want to glow along your ventral surface of your belly is that these fish are often living in you know a couple hundred meters of water. So there's just a little bit of light coming down from the bottom, and so that they don't create a shadow, they want to make their belly glow, their bottom glow to sort of right. so, so fish looking light. up from the bottom wouldn't be able to see them yeah.
3: because their light matches the low level of light that's coming from the right. surface. And and so you get a whole
2: counter-shading. yeah counter shading, counter-shading. nice, yeah. and a whole metric ton of fish. Not in, not in terms of species diversity, but in terms of evolutions, half of the fish that have bioluminescence really just have, what's for all intents and the purposes, they just have some bacteria, and there's not even necessarily that much of a discrete pouch or anything that's holding the stuff. They are just basically have a glowing intestine,
1: yeah.
2: that's, that, and since that thing's run along the belly of the fish anyway.
1: Well, and you can imagine, like, we pick up bacteria from our environment, you know, as soon as you start from an infant on, we're constantly picking up bacteria from mm-hmm. the environment, mm-hmm. And it's probably just the exact same for fish. Like, there's a lot of advantages to having intestines filled with bacteria. Oh, yes. Right. And in this case for fishes, this is one of those advantages. And it's kind of a, you know, it's mutualistic on some level. They have a home, and they're producing light for the fish, which helps the fish from not getting eaten, destroying bacteria's home. home.
0: I want to pick up some of this bacteria. Probably don't, but
1: awesome. <laughs>
0: pretty close glowed. to
3: cholera. If, you're intestine- <laughs> if your intestine glowed, you couldn't see it because you're not transparent. But yeah. The fish is
2: transparent, so the glow comes through. And some of them. I mean, some and, that, of them yeah. and that's the thing is when you get into something like the pony fishes, which aren't a deep sea fish, so they don't have to have this. They're not doing it for the same purposes. They've co-opted the bacteria to go all over the place. They've got tubes and things so that they have. The light organ is basically a donut around their esophagus. And they shunt tubes all over the body to try and glow to, for flashing patterns and all sorts of other things.
0: All right. So I, so you talked about bioluminescence to help um, yeah, basically yeah. make you invisible.
2: So counter, yeah. so counter shading. Counter, counter shading.
0: Um, we know about, like, the lure on the anglerfish. Well, that's like attracting, so that's like a hunting
2: But it could also be to attract mates.
0: Our mates. So it's an attraction mechanism. Right. Um, what are some other ways that fish use bioluminescence?
2: Can they communicate? We think so. Yeah, we and think so, so. And the best case, the best known cases of that are from the ponyfishes, probably. So, one of the, some of the few things we do know about ponyfishes. So they're shallow water, so we can study them. It's easier for us to tell that. Mm-hmm. We have species-specific and gender-specific differences in the light organ system. So some of it might be as simple as...
1: And these aren't in the lights themselves. These are in the way they they portray the light right? to I'll the outside it. world. Like mm-hmm. it's actual anatomical things of the fish to open and close so they can show light on different parts of the body. So like on the side of the body or the head of the body.
2: They tend to only communicate with these things during the mating season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for months at a time, the pony fishes are barely glowing. right? And then all of a sudden you get into the, that time of year and they start... Hello, hello, hello! It's like a bird call or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, so,
3: see, I've seen videos on the on the internet of of fish flashing these spectacular light shows. It looks like chaser lights on a like a like a marquee outside a theater or something like that. They must be signaling somehow, some some way with that,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. there are a number of fish groups that will use this bioluminescence specifically for like species signaling or sexual selection signaling. Mm. But like another function might be um, hunting. Like some right. fish will use bioluminescence to actually hunt. Um, to give them kind of like a guiding light, so to speak. Mm. Right, so there's some dragonfish
2: actually have a red, red light organ and they can see red, and so they use it like a sniper scope.
0: Those are always super creepy, the red lights. So, what color
2: is the light? Almost everything is blue, yeah. yeah.
1: The right. blue to green wavelength transmits the farthest in water. Right. So, almost all of the bioluminescent colors that fish make are in that spectrum. Right. Mm. And
2: same with the bacteria that
1: the fish and so on. So,
0: what's the red light all about?
2: you basically put a filter on the blue light. And so with like the pony fishes, they have yellow and blue filters. So the, the light is being produced by the bacteria or the stuff we've stolen from the bacteria. Mm-hmm. And then we change the colors, or fish change the colors, or whatever, life changes the colors with filters, just like shining a flashlight through. Uh, and get- like a
3: pigment, like your eye... Is there, like somebody's eye might be blue or somebody's right. eye
2: might be green or whatever. You can it. just shine it through that and pick, pick up the different, different produce a different color. Different colors. I
1: mean, and then there's other fishes like lantern fishes, for example, they have these photophores along the sides of the body and all those photophores are innervated by specific nerves that they can then use to And they self-luminesce. And they self luminesce. Those ones are not bacterial, but they're you know they use they're innervated, so they're flashing those. Right. So And what's interesting on the ones that produce their
2: own light, they have photophore. the photophore itself, the light organ, is similar to an eye. It has lenses and things like that.
0: So it's uh, so the ones that produce their own light, that's not the same reaction then?
2: It is. It it's is. probably just like the firefly it's just where just they, like steal, the they, they it. stole it.
0: Where they stole it.
2: Yep. Which is it. just like a baffling. I don't understand how so things do that at all. Do
0: they s- steal it and pass it on through generations, or does like each new generation have to
1: steal it? So in the case for, the, it's for part those, of them, it's, it's, them, it's passed genetically. It's yeah, passed. Yeah. Yeah. genetics, okay. yeah. For like, a pony fish, it's just like they're each just picking up from the environment. But for something like a lantern fish where it's chemically produced... Right, like they're producing it themselves. Gotcha. It's all it's built into the system. Right. Already. So they back in the this back to the this. somewhere
0: they shared some yeah. genetic like chromosome material.
1: three or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Section. Some, so that is. Him passed. and the
0: bacteria shared some. And then, DNA and then you have a whole other animal option, animal. which
2: is there's things like toadfishes, for example, where they eat ostracods, these little tiny shrimp that have the bilobus and stuff, and they somehow eat it, recognize it in their stomach, and like. Shuttle it to different parts of their body, kind of like the way a poison dart frog poise, so it keeps the poison. Oh, neat. And so, if you go to the northern extreme limit of like toadfishes, which are on the, in this case, the ones I'm talking about are on the Pacific coast of the United States, as you get up towards Oregon and Washington, where the you lost the little tiny uh, crustacean that they eat, they don't bioluminesce up there because it's not up there. So, the range, because the range of that species is a little bit, of the fish species is wider than the prey item that produces it, gives them their. Their light organ; they can't, they don't luminesce up there. Despite the fact that they these toadfish are totally awesome because they're called midshipmen, and their bellies look like a, like a navy midshipman, like little the little buttons on a navy shipman. They're just covered with little tiny light organs on their belly. Oh, cool! They're totally awesome. awesome. So, like more like buttons on Prince's
1: shirt from like nineteen eighty. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that <laughs> yes. Yeah. So glow. Yes,
0: that
3: glow. love that.
1: <laughs> so earlier you mentioned that um, the bacteria are getting shuttled in and out. All the time. Like, do we know that pony fishes are really, like, shooting out their bacteria all the time and then taking in new bacteria? Yes. How do we know that?
2: So you can, well, the ways you can do it is by looking at the pot. The, you can take some from the ocean and put them in an aquarium and then see what happens to the, pot, the the levels of bacteria in the water and in the guts. And so they'll spit it, they'll eject out the bacteria. You'll actually start to get some of that bacteria because you could make, you could so make there artificial seawater. Yeah, there've been studies that to look for at pony that. Fishes.
1: But what about angler fishes? Because I don't know of,
2: if we know that about angler fishes. Yeah,
1: because that's why I'm wondering. Like, do they stay in the esca? And like, I mean, how, like, you know, how often are these systems actually flushed out? Because, like, in an esophagus, I'm going to assume that they could hold bacteria for a long time. Like, you're probably not in danger of like a lethal number of these bacteria.
0: Well, I don't in that yeah. area not the do they body. get toxic if there's like too many of yeah, them? That's,
1: yeah, that's what I'm wondering. But that, but that area of the body, like, it should be able to handle that on some level. Well, and they can, if the second it's uncomfortable, they just spit it out, you know, poop it out, whatever. But what about the ones they're lining the intestine? Like, ventrally? they might just overgrow
3: and and, and inhibit the over. Yeah, I mean, they'll grow to a certain point and then inhibit
2: the growth of more. I know of no one that's ever done it in a in a Fingerfish. in a barbel.
1: Okay. That's what I'm in wondering, bacteria. like, in the S. And way. I
2: don't know. I You would think that they would know the answer to that in flashlight fish. So these are things that are often in public aquaria that have a modified nasal uh, rosette that's basically holding the bacteria. So they on the flashlight fish, which it's normally under their eye, it's actually part of their nose that's been... Like swung back. So if you actually dissect one, you know they kind of come out like wings coming off the nose. If you pull them out, Uh, those ones you would think someone would have studied them because it's totally possible because you could buy them at a pet store.
1: Well, just because like I can believe it with the esophagus ones or the ones they're lining an intestine that they could be flushed out or ingested or or spit out pretty easily. That makes perfect sense. But in something that's a bar, like that's essentially an overhanging structure that has no connection. To like how do you flush it, it? yeah how do you flush yeah. it yeah how do you because, like, how do you get it out of there and how do you, how do you get, get it back in how do you get it in in the first yeah place? that's I
2: don't know if anyone's ever done anything on the part. is
1: that true though is it really get too much in a single day like how long do they actually like hold on to something like that
2: no they're they're they're, they're flushing constantly yeah, constantly then same is true of the squids I think that I mean, they're, they, they're, they, they're they able
3: to differentiate and, and flush those bacteria and save other bacteria I mean are they isn't it just constant just
2: like a constant stream right on through yeah this like there's I'm I'm, I'm almost positive that I remembered a talk uh, on squids anyway, where they actually showed that there were times a day when they flushed the system. Oh, huh. and so but you
0: never flush anything completely,
2: right? That's the thing; is right. it's, yeah. it's sort of like hosing it down. Yeah, like they're they're taking out you know eighty percent of it, keeping and,
1: it at non toxic levels. Right. Then, so,
2: like, so basic from what I recall. This was a shallower water thing, sort of more like a ponyfish in shallow water, not a deep sea thing. They were flushing the system at day, mm. in the morning, basically. So times when they didn't need the bioluminescence, essentially. Right. right. And right. so that, then it would, all day it would grow back up, and then they'd flush it again the next morning. That makes day. sense. And also, if there is some limit, like you were asking, if they constantly grow, glow, the qu- there is some question as to how long they'll keep glowing. So if you take a, mm-hmm. a flashlight fish out of the ocean and put it in captivity, it's, only, it's not that long before they'll stop producing the light, because... When you make up instant ocean in your
1: house, you don't yeah. have any bacteria. The bacteria is getting less and less in the system, right? In the um, habitats, so. but
2: they still last months, even just like one little fish in the thing. So at least with the flashlight fish, which is the one I was asking about, they don't—they ex- can't possibly be it every day. But I wonder if a ponyfish kept in instant ocean, you know, would lose it after a couple of days. These are questions to be answered. Right. We've tried to keep the pony fishes alive. They, as soon as you touch them, they want to die. Why? I don't know, they're just sensitive. Some fish just like you put them up in a net and they're just like, I'm out of here, like a herring. (laughs) My little silver sized herring.
0: So this week for our fish of the week is been a fish that we've been talking about a bit in our podcast. And it's called the ponyfish, or as we're referring to it, the Gaza.
2: Gaza. Um,
0: all right, and this Gaza looks—I mean, it looks—it looks like a fish. It looks like a small fish, maybe like you know some sort of goldfish. Um, it's got a really big eye, though. It's big eye, yellow eye. big yeah. yellow eye. It's kind of brown, and it's very silver on the side. Um, but otherwise, it's very fish-like.
2: Why do you guys think it's called the ponyfish?
3: That's a mom. Yeah. That's a real. That's a. I know the answer. A head I, oh,
2: I know the answer. Okay, why?
3: <laughs> Doctor Smith, why is it a ponyfish? Ponyfish because it's.
2: If it weren't so old and <laughs> <laughs> decrepit. <laughs> Doctor Smith weird. is pulling on its jaw. now he's trying to Great. open the mouth of Futility. this fish. So this thing pump comes out, and so if you actually pull this thing all the way out, it looks like the head of a horse.
0: Oh, weird! So it, it's a it mouth. Project,
2: it's got such a projectile mouth. Oh. It looks Did like it, a head
0: of a horse? Yeah, so
2: I'm going to open up this other jar and hope for more luck. Oh, but that one's even older. So t- while I'm doing this, Matt's going to tell you a little bit about the luminescent system.
1: Okay, so in the in pony fishes, um, they have this outpouch on the esophagus where they store this bacteria that lights up. And then the different groups and the different uh, genera and species of these fishes... Um, they have different anatomical structures that they can open and close to kind of conceal the light that is emitted from the bacteria that sit in these pouches. Right. Um, and then they use these flashing lights in, as we hypothesize, for displays uh, related to sexual selection, so for mating.
0: And where, where are these pouches? Oh, there's, it's, it kind of looks like a horse's head.
1: So right now, Dr. Smith is opening the mouth, he's extending it, and again, it kind of looks like a, a horse's mouth. Um yeah. Pony fishes are not yeah. at all related to, say, a seahorse or anything like that. It's just, but that's pretty big, t- you know. It's, that's
0: pretty cool, though.
1: Its mouth jumps out about twice its eyeball.
0: Yeah, its it does. And
2: their
1: eye is, you know, a fourth of their head.
0: Yeah. so you're.
2: And that's one of the oldest specimens in the
1: museum. So overall, pony fishes are pretty <laughs> unassuming-looking fish, other than yeah. this the sexual selection uh, mechanism
0: right. um, for and, the
1: bioluminescence
0: And these organs are...
1: It's so the light organ it's it's In it's, the throat? it's right around the esophagus Sotal area it's right yeah, it's right around the esophagus, so these like shutters that they can open and close some of them and they're transparent areas, some of them are on the flank, the side of the body, some of them are coming out of the mouth, some of them are coming out the top of the head mm-hmm. um, some of them have specialized patch- patches on the sides of the body, so that the light comes out kind of like triangular or mm-hmm. square so, or so you can
2: have some up here like even right underneath the mouth, so there'll be actual tubes lined with guanine that'll shoot the thing up, kind of like uh, fiber optics or something, I mean not mm-hmm. quite so. Not nearly as effective. Pony is reflective,
3: mirror, mirror, reflective sort of. Uh, exactly.
2: Substance. And so George Williams actually wrote a book about, sort of about adaptations. Let's say that he called the ponyfish's glow. It's one of like the one of these famous sort of, inner fishy kind of get people interested in adaptations oh, and okay. evolution, like the panda's thumb. So yeah, exactly that kind okay. of thing. And the only issue is he talked about pa- ponyfishes for about five seconds in the book. But uh. basically, they so have a, this donut like. Why else would you have this donut shaped light organ on the esophagus that allows you to? you know, how did this ever evolve to then, you know, because how do you, what came first, this light organ on the stomach, the, around the esophagus, or, you know, the ability to, they, w- at first it couldn't possibly have allowed light out through. I mean, the, at this point they've got transparent bones, transparent muscles. Well,
1: wow, you could easily imagine, because it's a uh, pouching off of the esophagus, which uh, which carries bacteria a lot of the time, you can imagine a mutation or some sort of mm-hmm. evolution where that esophagus gets like a little bubble, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it starts collecting, you know, bacteria for whatever reason like this, yeah. Yeah. and they start staying there. And then over time... That bacteria might have helped digest their food at some point. You know, the fish starts becoming kind of glowy, and then it's sending out these signals that other fish are attracted to.
0: And then there's some species that have, like, lighter pigmentation than others. So some that can...
1: Yeah, and over millions of years, these populations evolved and further mutations So this is a relatively old
2: specimen. that We're talking about a specimen here that's 50 to 100 years old. And you can still see that when I... So I just cut it open and see. This is the gas bladder; still got the lining of the the wow. silver lining because it's all designed to make sure that as much light as possible is going forward into these openings in the front. Um, it's a little hard to get into this one, and the light organ on the, on Gaza in males is a very different thing than the females. The males, I don't remember exactly in which species of Gaza and things like that, it gets that much bigger. But it's you know four to ten times, maybe even as much as twenty times larger. The light organ in okay. the males, mm-hmm. and so you end up. What we've found is that you basically have species-specific patterns in these light organ systems across the board within this group, but we can only differentiate the males. So it's sort of, you know, so that this is one of these situations where we can really easily differentiate the males, but the females can be harder.
1: Anatomically. Anatomically. Based on that light organ system itself.
2: Right. And, like, so that almost all the, you know, otherwise there's very few characters that we use for ponyfishes. So the amount, there's there's a group called Secutor that has a mouth that goes up Hmm. And then, but in the, the main thing we had is gaza, gaza, yeah. is that they have canine teeth. I mean, we were really, you know, in terms of like features that make us differentiate things, we were like scraping the bottom of the barrel with pony fishes right. until uh, John Sparks and Paul Dunlap and other people started to really start looking at the morphological features, the light organ system. Um, you just really... It was sort of like this. I mean, these were the most ignored fish in the uh, in the world. Right. I mean, one, like absolutely one of the least explored fish groups in the entire world. And now it's become, you know, like I said, with fireflies, almost as one of the best known evolutionary systems of bioluminescence. All in the last twenty thirty years. And so, these
1: fishes are distributed throughout the Indo Pacific.
2: Right. You don't. You know, we won't have any touching anywhere in the United States except for our maybe like Samoa or something. But mm. not not Hawaii. Not North. You know, any part of North America. They're just way over there. And then when you're there, it's like, I've been studying these for basically 10 years at this point, and uh, despite the fact that I've gone to various places that have them, I have never been able to once in my entire life collect one in the wild. But if I go to a fish market anywhere in the world... Yeah, they're everywhere. They're everywhere in the yeah. fish market. I'm just like, these people are pulling a net through... It must be... Just, I mean, they're, these are found in sandy areas, and so when we go some places, we catch things off of coral reefs because we get more diversity off of coral reef. but So these things are, and I know that they're in sandy areas, but basically, I just think it's funny that I've done a lot of work on a lot of different groups. And, and most of what, the
1: collecting for these came from fish markets.
2: Yeah, because we just, it's just, you know, even the ones where we were doing bacterial sampling of them, we actually bought them in the markets.
0: So describe your, the creepiest fish that you know of with bioluminescence.
2: I mean, I think the creepiest fish that are bioluminescent are the, are the hatchet fishes. What are, what are those? So those are like these really laterally compressed, so they, if you look at them head-on, they are paper-thin, but from top to bottom they can be pretty tall. And they are their sides are all mirror, and they have these creepy tubular-ish eyes that look up, and they have light organs on their belly that just so that they can match the light coming down. They're not humongous predators in the same senses. Um, the angler fish or something like that but they are predators they're passing food through the system they're not eating plankton or something like that and they're well, like I mean, really not shiny, eating shiny silver so plankton. they reflect like that yeah but they're just like their eyes are big and creepy and their body looks a like, ugly like mouth a, with the, I mean they're, they're called hatchet fish because so. they're like they're silver and they look like a hatchet I mean they're you know like an axe you so know? they don't
1: have big sharp teeth but they belong to a group of fishes called dragon fishes which do have really large kind of fang like teeth um, yeah, they're like a subgroup. Yeah, they're a subgroup of this set. And those, thing, those are the kinds of fishes we talked about earlier. Some of them have um, the modified structures that they can shoot out the red light. And see the red light. And, and see the red light. Right. So, again, like most things have blue to green wavelengths. And a lot, like most deep sea fishes can't see red. So that's kind of why that's advantageous for that specific oh. fish, is because it's shooting out a light that only it sees. Right, and their prey don't see it. Either. And their prey to... don't see it, so they don't see them shining a light at them. Right. So it's like shining a flashlight at something, but you can't actually see the flashlight. It's
0: like infrared.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the, the other thing is
2: that the, with the deep sea fish is that deep sea fish are in general are either black or red, and there's and part of this is historical. So whatever, if you had a reddish ancestor, then. You make you know your red. You can't make suddenly make blue. It does you know we, you have to evolve that ability. And so red is one of the possibilities. But red disappears so quickly underwater; it's gone in tens of feet. Right. That red, for all mm-hmm. purposes, is the same as black. And so if you're lighting up things with a red light, though, they will you'll you will see the red in particular. You will be able to see that stuff.
3: You won't be, seeing, be able to see black, but you'll be able to see red.
2: Right. Fascinating. Potentially. I mean, you'll in order to see black, it would have to require shadows and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and so that's the kind of stuff that's, you know, that's why when you pull up things on the bottom, though, a lot of them are bright red. What I about guess. the gulper eel? What about that one? Is that the- so so that's, that's the worst thing in the whole world in terms of bioluminescence. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one report of it being bioluminescent. That was when there was a William Beebe. So William Beebe went down in the, what's it called, the bathysphere? Yeah, the bathysphere. They threw this thing off the Atlantic coast, connected to a boat, and he went down. It's a giant ball. A giant metal ball. Giant metal ball. It's shaped like a beebe. Now it's not unlike a BB, it's kind of but they painted it at least it was when it was on display at the New York Aquarium it was bright yellow I don't know if it always was bright yellow but this he went down in this thing and froze himself you know almost to death and claims to have seen a eel bioluminescent or maybe it was a man a pelican eel, I don't remember which deep sea gulper. Wait, he
0: put himself into a metal container
2: and just and dropped and himself in the, the ocean
0: Jeez James Cameron why would you mm-hmm. just do that <laughs>
2: and then had like a little tiny window like the size of like you know a coffee cup. Right. He's looking at it, and he was, you know, and, like, delusional from lack of oxygen. And, and everything. <laughs> That's
3: and a and bold statement.
2: <laughs> delusion. And so everyone, and so he came back and said, it glows, the thing, you know, this gulper eel, and no one's seen it glow since. So he saw lots of biomescent fishes for the first time in their environment. I think he was the first person to really document that. He may have been the first person to really go down there. The gulper eel is interesting. I mention it because it's got a, it's, its mouth is, like, bigger than its body. Yeah, no, it's. It's a disgusting mess, and they orient themselves. <laughs> they orient <laughs> themselves Easy mess. like a, their tail hangs down, or so like a droopy like, sock wind or sock, something, like a yeah. windsock or something like that. And it's all just because they're tr- trying to pick up motion, so that if something's coming to get them by doing this, it's basically like an antenna for motion. Mm-hmm. So that if any. Give their lateral line system, to. Or just touch itself, I mean, some mm-hmm. combination of all of that. So that's the only report of a bioluminescent eel. So when you have bioluminescence, you have bioluminescent sharks.
0: You have bioluminescent sharks? That's
2: the most awesome thing I've ever heard.
0: There are bioluminescent sharks out there? Yeah, only a few. Why uh, haven't you guys why wasn't this the first thing you talked about? Holy crap, there are bioluminescent mm. sharks. There are sharks that are glowing <laughs> that are gonna come they're eat. They're like laser beams. Oh, oh my God. Laser sharks. It's, it's Austin Powers, and I love it. Tell me about these sharks.
2: <laughs> they uh, that they're they don't they don't use it for anything fun at all. Oh, ah. <laughs> It's more Man. of the counter shading yeah. variety. Yeah. But but, well, still. but 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 chimeras. Oh yes. The other the other the other fish that's not a shark resting ray or something. They have lures.
0: They no. have lures?
2: They have biluminescent lures.
0: What do they look like?
2: They look what? like like holly. You know, uh, like be- like ho- like uh. They
1: kind of look like a giant microphone.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, like so like holly beads. They kind of look yeah, like, yeah, ear, like, holly, beige, right? like yeah, a like right? Like those long finger
3: berries. fins sticking out all in all those directions. They're, sort of yeah, like they, they're totally weird. They're like, totally well, weird. But also they
1: got- have something else off the top of their heads their uh, claspers sex organs are yeah, totally they have disgusting. sex organs on the top of their heads yeah. totally and they glow in the dark
0: and they glow in the dark and they glow in the dark next to their sex organs
2: yeah I wonder if that's that's pretty related. cool wow. <laughs> is
0: that related that's like
2: the, the rave fish I, th- I think that they're all biomescent <laughs> the chimeras yeah, yeah
1: but they're also very deep they're also deep sea right so so them. it's
0: very rare to have well not rare, just not as common to have things in shallow waters be bioluminescence unless they're trying to shade
2: themselves somehow. Well, I think that in all the shallow water cases Or communication. It's communication. It's communication. Yeah. And so like you and you have really complicated reproductive systems. So like pony fishes will have multiple species swimming together and so they're probably communicating with each other in because they're in sandy environments so they're probably communicating in, in these low light situations so that they don't reproduce with the different species. Mm-hmm. And in the case of the toadfish is the they have the craziest, you know, they got one of these reproductive systems that only fish seem to have for for the or I get you know I guess humans have them too. Um, where you have like a sort of a couple, a male and a female, and then they have these things called sneaker males. These little tiny males that come in and Like as they're going to mate because they mate externally, the sneaker male comes in and and comes in at the like at the key moment and plays along with the reproductive act. He comes in and spreads his milt as well, Mm. and and so you know and then takes off.
0: So has anybody like tried to study? I mean, obviously they study communications, but it has they been definitively able to say like what different flashes mean? Like it's like some sort of Morse code or something. Fish? No,
1: no. In, no. Not that I know. In inverts? Of. So you, you? I mean, we still we basically just try to figure out if they even just use the flashing just to like do anything. Yeah, do it, like if it if it's actually for a specific species recognition or sexual recognition, like they kind of focus on those patterns. But like we don't, they don't have a lot to talk about. Well, Though, yeah, can we, be have, like, hey, we have like hey, baseball scores come no, like, I mean, here danger, danger, Will Ro
0: Robinson, danger.
1: But things will flash faster. If I've got a
0: nice house. Stressed over out. I mean, here. that does
1: happen. It, the first studies of the
2: ponyfishes in detail were in the early '80s, and then the work that's now starting to tease apart the more anatomical stuff along with the behavioral stuff is actually stuff done. I mean, Matt and I are involved in it, but the main, our colleagues are sort of driving that research program, looking at that. And we're at this point, I would say that the ponyfish system is the only, only thing comparable to it in our knowledge is the firefly system. So fireflies are known best. Maybe we know uh, there's some work done uh, by a researcher that's now at Cornell that on oyster as well. So there's these little tiny things that look like Starship Enterprise underwater that light up. They'll, so they'll when they want to set in their pattern, they'll like light up at the like near sort of closer to the bottom, so, but not the bottom, like not the deep ocean, but like in shallow <laughs> water that you could record this with a. With a camera and a and snorkel and a scuba gear, they'll light up near the sand, and then they'll go and go fly up, and so you know on the water and let off little lights as they go with a specific pattern. So you know, and whether they'll accelerate or whether their flashing will speed up, all those things to, uh, are sort of like "hello, ladies" kind of calls to the thing, and then the you know the reproduction things like that will happen from these things, and you. When, so that system's well known. You have similar systems within the. Fireflies. So there's lots of everyone. Kind of thinks that there's some firefly. There's hundreds of fireflies like in North America, and they mm-hmm. all have different patterns yeah.
1: and different, mm-hmm. very specific flashing, very
2: specific yeah. flash patterns. So the, it's the same thing when when you have more than one species in the same place, and it's dark bioluminescent or it's murky bioluminescence is a really good way to say which species you are. Yeah. Right. It may be a genetic isolator
1: based on species recognition. Right. right. It allows,
2: yeah. So normally when I'm something... I'm a pony
0: fish. I'm a pony fish. Well, no, it's fish. more,
2: it's like, I am pony fish type A, you yeah. know, like I'm a tiger, I'm a lion, I am a... Yeah. It's, it's different species. So the thing is you need to, the second you have, most species, I don't know if most species of uh, the a common way that species evolve is you're in one place altogether and then a mountain comes up or two continents collide, creating a, a, a geographic isolation or barrier. Um, the second you have a pattern, you have a system that allows you to differentiate on the basis of a signal, whether that's coloration or a flashing pattern or an anatomical thing associated with flashing, some way to differentiate yourself in a mixed assemblage of species Mm -hmm. is the second you can have more species. You, yeah. have, you yes. can you, you can, can, can create start a barrier
1: populations even though they're all living in the same area.
2: Right. You don't have to have a right. geogra- a physical barrier. Gotcha. You can have so a saying... You have, I don't know if it's an emotional barrier, but it's a <laughs> it's a it's some other kind of barrier. So it might be, be, be a
1: behavioral selection? behavior. Yeah, yeah behavior, it's, like, it's a barrier, behavioral like sexual well, selection barrier. Right. Right.
0: Right.
3: Like being a sci-fi fan. It's a genetic
2: isolation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so Matt's been ma- doing interesting work on lantern fishes that's a lot you know can highlight the different of having a genetic isolating possibility and not in a group of fishes.
1: Yeah, they have specific um, patterns to their photophores uh, based on each species. So it's likely that the photophores in certain areas of the body are actually being used for species recognition while they also have photophores that are ventrally oriented, so along the belly, that is probably being used for counter shading and camouflage. And actually, like the sister group to the group of lantern fishes that have... So a lot of photophores have mainly just photophores along the belly. Right, so and lantern then, fishes, there's one... A lantern fish evolves, and then it breaks
2: into two groups. One has just belly lights, the other one has belly lights and these sides lights. And the other lights. And okay. so the other
1: lights are actually what we call homologous to these other ones and the other group, the other ventral ones, and they've migrated up the body right. over time. And the positions of where they migrated is very specific to different species. Right. So it's possible that in the deep sea... These things are seeing these different patterns right. and being able to recognize their species based on this arrangement, essentially, of dots, like flashing right. light dots. So, so that's and weird. that's an example and, and like and each where... each
0: different species has like a different... Number of orientation. Yeah, spin, number but do they orientation. also have a different way that they signal them too?
1: We have no they, idea. We, it's possible. That's the part where we don't... That's the part where it gets kind of trickier because of behavioral studies in the deep sea are difficult. Gotcha. Like we can't keep these things in tanks long enough to study those kinds of questions yet. Right. And it's but so dark all, we wouldn't know it was the same one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but they do, they do <laughs> admit different color wavelengths. Like people have been able to ascertain that they... They do admit different colors of wavelengths between this blue to green spectrum. Right. And because they're innervated by nerves, it's entirely they're you know, the flashing of it is controlled. So it is entirely possible that one flashes like a doot 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 and the right. other one's like doot, 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 doot. Do, right. You know, something like that along those lines. And I an mean, important that makes part sense. of this is an important
2: part of the system is that the ones that just have cool. the ventral light lighting or whatever the belly right. lights there's like 10 of them and the ones that have the le, the lights on the lateral walls for these species specific things there's like 250 of those yeah. and because they are each other's closest relative and they came from a single ancestor those right. two groups are by definition the same age wow so they had one's so they were one species fairly. they right. broke into two like they made and
1: one diversified you know much one did much better at diversifying in this habitat than the other. Like they, they live in the more, same environment. They live in the exact same they environment. They live in the exact same they environment. Same or same or environment. Or there's yeah. one with, like, 250 species and one with 10. So I've been doing a lot of research in terms of studying that.
0: Wait, which, I, which one has the ones that flash at each other? The, the one with 250.
1: The that one with 250. One that makes 250. sense. Yes. Because, yeah, like, it, makes it can sense. differentiate itself
0: yeah. much more. That, that, that begs the question of how does that start? I mean, that's just weird. Well, this weird. is that,
1: but this is how, right. like, it started because it, you know, well, like this is what I'm working on, but like, the, like, it starts because it, it had the photophores along the belly for right, camouflage, right? and then you have one mutations start up moving on the side. up, and then all of a sudden that one, you know, things with the one on the side started seeing that, and they recognize on that. Well, it
3: conferred a reproductive advantage on...
1: Yeah, or it was a genetic isolator, like it made these populations isolate right. themselves from the other populations, and That's then all of a sudden you have different migratory patterns and mutations, and over time you build into these different populations yeah. and then you that's throw a complication so out of that that's so
0: weird to think about though because it's not like it's a mountain that's separated and it's like yeah I can't get around a mountain I can understand it's like okay but like it's like communication these, these mutations are random so who is the first population to have these and how the do they the real question how, is
1: why the women like it
0: yeah exactly how do they know well, just like being, it? it's
1: just communication like they they see each other as being part of the same type of population and they and they gravitate towards that but how do they know well, I think on some level it's just like it's it's through communicating. They don't, it's just they're like not successful, we're most otherwise. like we're most likely to reproduce with somebody we can communicate with on some level, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not gonna reproduce with something we can't communicate with at all. No. If that makes sense. Yes, that And so does like make sense. if you're on a communication At least not level. successfully. At least not successfully.
0: successfully. <laughs> <laughs> you could try unsuccessfully.
1: Many but part ways. of that's just the genetic isolation of it. Like at some level where the fish stops wanting to try to reproduce with something it's not communicating with at all. Right. it becomes an isolator. Right. So, so it's it's see, it's more are like no like longer mixing.
0: Recognizing similarities. And yeah, being like, exactly. Hey, recognizing we're the similarities. Same.
1: Yep, and How's it the going? Thing in is, over millions of years, those populations then you get a evolve drink? into different species, <laughs> <laughs> and then within which that, which that's not going <laughs> to work if the person can't understand you. Exactly. They won't get that tone. Like no. if you say, do you want to get a drink? And somebody speaks, they don't get that pick up on that at no. all. Whether it's the body language or whatever, yeah. that's not nothing's going to happen. No, nope. mm, the other not thing. Happening.
2: So the one that only has like ten species, we don't aren't aware of any light organ differences between the genders. But in the case of the ones that have two hundred fifty, most of them. I think most is fair enough. Most of them have... The males will have different light patterns or different additional light organs.
1: Yeah, the photophore patterns might not not be different, but they will have a a separate organ either on the tail or on the head or something. So, like, this one will have a giant, like, ball of light on its tail, and that's the male. On top of the other system. And the other one may only have... might not have anything. Or sometimes one will have two lights and the female will just have one light. So not only can you communicate based on species, but you can also say, like, that's a man... That's a female. And in these cases, these ones do have separate sexes. There are some deep-sea fish that don't, or that switch sexes, but these ones are separate their entire lives. So it makes sense for them to have these sexually dimorphic light-based principles. And again, it's dark, so if you want to see a mate... You know, yeah. you see two lights, that's... And it, it's important to
2: note that these all these lantern fishes, whether you're in the 10-species one or the 250-species ones, are in this giant layer of fishes and invertebrates called the deep scattering layer, where they're all mixed in. So it's so thick that we can drop a net down into it and catch actually catch things. It would be like flying around the Sears Tower and catching bugs. Like, we'd catch some, but these are so thick that we actually get a lot. It's sort of like flying through a mixed-species gnat swarm or something of fish mm-hmm. and invertebrates. And it's so big and thick and disgusting that... So it, it works discuss- really well, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, 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 it's so thick and it that it that we actually initial sonar bounces off, thinking that they were trying to find the bottom of the ocean. Actually, got the wrong depths of the ocean and things like this. And that like sonar waves get messed up, which is why we call it the deep scattering layer.
1: And this is a daily migration of organisms,
2: you know, from a couple hundred meters mm-hmm. down to a thousand meters, give or take.
1: Yeah, so that's a huge migration.
2: And these things are all mixed into this swarm of this. With each other, with other
1: species of the same oh, that's thing. Weird. Yeah, other deep sea fishes that are bioluminescent. Right. Things like cyclothony. I
0: mean, you have so, to uh, imagine this this language. Then, I mean, that they're using it's got to be really complex. Yeah, I mean, like super complex to the point of, I mean, not maybe our speech, but like way more complex than you know a lot of land based animals. Um, you know, because if, th- if you have this huge swarm. That star bounds off of, and they're all bioluminescing, and they're all trying to communicate with each other at the same time. It's like. got to
2: be better than any tetra. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or goldfish.
1: So that's a, good, that's a good question. So let's wax philosophical for a second that there are no other um, vertebrates that bioluminesce other than, other than fishes, so either sharks or rayfin fishes. Um, so, why is that? There are terrestrial invertebrates that bioluminesce. There's millipedes, there's fireflies, and they do it for communication. And there's other beetles, beetle worms, and there's beetles. And, some and yeah. there's some larvae. No. So, why are there no terrestrial vertebrates that bioluminesce either for. Pri- I, I guess maybe it wouldn't make so much sense for camouflage. It makes sense for fish for camouflage, but in, just at least in terms of communication. Well, is wait. it because of vocalization? Yeah. Is it because we. My uh, guess. Terrestrial vertebrates vocalize? I mean, what you see
2: in, the shall- in all the shallow water ones and in the lanternfishes. And to some degree, I suppose in the angler fishes, you do see sexual dimorphism yeah. in the light organ system, mm-hmm. and so that means men and women, males and females, look different, right? So in the case of an anglerfish, the male doesn't have a light organ and is just a tadpole swimming around until he can attach onto the female. In
1: the case of the... In phony some f- angler fishes, yeah.
0: I mean, I could have seen where bioluminescence so would have been very beneficial for bats. Yeah, yeah. maybe
1: like a nocturnal mammal. Yeah, they li- the, are they like pumas? But then bats are so not visual, yeah. yeah, I mean, to get a little science fiction in here, obviously, like say James Cameron was really influenced by bioluminescence when he made Avatar. Like yes. all the terrestrial yeah. animals and the plants, they're all bioluminescing in that movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really just don't see that a whole lot no. in terrestrial. Right, but the question—I mean, or plants.
2: If the—I mean, part of it is that if we do believe that all these came from Vibrio and photobacterium bacteria, how did the beetles? And the, including the fireflies, which are actually beetles despite their name being fireflies, and the glowworms and all these other things, how do they even get Vibrio? Like, how do they get the these genes in their body? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's not like a, humming, well, like a hummingbird's not flying over the ocean. I mean, maybe you know, a seagull picks it up, and you know, or you know what I mean, or like, you know, it's some question of
0: is it is it the same? Do the insects that bioluminesce do they make it all themselves, or is there or do they house bacteria?
2: I'm not positive about all of the arthropod, terrestrial arthropods, but the fireflies at least chemical, right? it, do it themselves. Yeah, it's, it's chemical. all chemical. I mean, they I mean
0: there's different types of vibrio, though. I mean, are all vibrio marine?
2: No, but not all vibrio are bioluminescent, like, like vibrio cholera? Right. cholera.
0: right. So how did the terrestrial stuff pick that up? They was, must have come The same with context. the stomium.
2: Yeah, I mean, but it's... At some
0: point in time with marine
2: stuff. Or there could have been a freshwater vibrio, I suppose. Yes, at yeah. some point in time. But then you would think that something
1: else would have it. Yeah, there's no freshwater fish that communicate through bioluminescence. Right. I mean, there's some some marine fish kind of go into freshwater a little bit.
0: It's got to be ex- expensive to keep up these populations. Because if you think about it, like, why, won't, why wouldn't more terrestrial things have, you know, um, the signaling? It's got to be expensive. Well, I mean, there's,
1: there's definitely a cost association probably with producing the light in terms of, like, you don't necessarily want to be spotted by something that's going to eat mm-hmm. you either. Yeah. And so... You know, in in fishes, or at least in deep sea stuff, a lot of them are using it for camouflage for that exact purpose, to not be eaten. Mm -hmm. But if you're like a terrestrial-based vertebrate or invertebrate, you're not going to be using it for camouflage. If you're glowing in the dark, you're standing out. Maybe not to a bat that won't see it, but to like all kinds of other things. And a lot of like insects are attracted to light naturally. I mean, they just like flock to it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you'd want to be calling the attention to yourself. I mean, that might be a reason why it would be... Yeah,
3: but if you were a bat, you could have a, a luminous lure that you could hang out oh, and that'd all be the awesome. insects would come flying like right up ever, to your mouth.
0: If you ever go, like, you know, blacklighting for bugs, yeah. it's totally gross because you get, like, Thousands of them, and they're crawling all
1: over you and up your nose and in your ear. Maybe that's why I like, maybe we didn't want that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I just answered yeah, that question. Maybe some like, mean, yeah. I mean, some um, mammal ancestor had it at one wow. point and was not having a good time with all the giant spiders and giant. I mean, I, among uh, green among wow. fishes,
2: other than bacteria, mm-hmm. I think it's five four or five times, as far as we can tell, that the number of times they've self-luminescent, which includes spitting out pockets of bioluminescent that's kind of like an ink. And so if you have, and since there's, if there's no freshwater source for them to get the stuff,
0: mm.
2: no freshwater fish have it then, you know what I mean? Like right. it's, you, in the number of times that an organism evolves the ability to do something on its own rather than just take it from their environment mm-hmm. among bioluminescence, at least among vertebrates, is very low. And so, if you take something like frogs picking up poisons, it's obvious that poison frogs works really well. You have the mantellids yeah. and the dendrobatids, so the poison dart frogs in yeah. Madagascar. Well, there's and lots
0: of things that eat ants that use like the
2: right, but they have to they have to get a whole system that protects them from the thing, and yes. then to put it into yes. the skin. And yes. you're gonna have it's gonna you know it's only happened twice in frogs. Right. So you know there's you know five or six thousand frogs. There's you know yeah, and there's not that you know there's maybe twice that many mammals, mammals or yeah. birds. You know, so it's, you're not talking, you know, and whereas... Well,
1: and for something like a lanternfish where it's chemical, like, we presume that's probably evolved one time in the ancestor of all the lanternfishes, and then it's just, like, retained in that, the evolution of that group. It's not like it independently evolved 250 times right. those 250 species. Like, it evolved once. Right. And then persisted as the group evolved. Right. So the number of times that has evolved is... Comparatively low, right? And you got you're looking at 20, 25,000 marine fishes, right? Saltwater fishes,
2: whatever right. ocean fishes, and you have like I'm saying, like two to four times that they've. It's not just co-opting bacteria that live with they where they live, because the, right. otherwise you have to go back to the source every day, right?
0: I, so it could have evolved in a terrestrial vertebrate, but it just wasn't successful.
1: It's possible, like who yeah. knows? I mean, it's entirely plausible that. Bioluminescence is an awesome in a terrestrial What an awesome dinosaur. Extinct. Yeah, they're called. I think we are. <laughs> That's
2: our some
3: story. pterosaur.
2: <laughs> some <laughs> <like> <laughs>
1: glowing, <laughs> freaky UFO yeah. pterosaur. Oh if so, what if it shot lightning bolts? I, yeah, that would, would, be I would. Excellent. If somebody could publish a dinosaur. paper about dinosaur farting, I think we could probably publish a hypothetical paper. <laughs> it had to have happened. On, yeah, it had to have happened. So there was some okay. dinosaur that bioluminesced.
0: If you want to agree, disagree, or want to ask what the fish, tweet us your question at FM underscore what the fish. And again, so long and thanks for all the fish.